I just finished Avatar Last Airbender for the fourth time. I'm still a bit emotional, so give me some damn space right now if I'm a little emotional later in this episode because it hit me like a sack of bricks. I love that show, and my best friend put it best. It is a masterpiece. On that note, we're going to get a little cute. We're going to listen to a lot of music. I might have to do some serious editing for this episode, but let's start the show. Hi, I'm Evan. I love movies, and you should too. Tonight, a podcast about New York City, indie rock bands, and just bands in general. All-night excursions, being lost in the city, a Yugo, and a cute, wonderful movie called Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Not again. Oh, oh. Damn it. Come on. This is Nick. He's a sensitive musician. I'm not going. We have a gig, Nikki. I don't want to go. I'm taking a mental health day. Who's bad at relationships? Hey, Tris, it's Nick. I just wanted to talk to you. You know, I think we both said some things we didn't mean, like when you broke up with me on my B-Day. This is Nora. Okay, everybody in. She always plays by the rules. You have to promise me that you won't get drunk tonight. But tonight... Nora! Alone again? I came here with someone. Who? She's going to break them. Would you be my boyfriend for five minutes? What? Please just go with it, okay? Nick! Nora! How do you guys, like, know each other? We're the same dentist. Yeah. He's good. Are you Triss's Nick? I gotta get my friend home. We'll take the drunk mess home. Woo! You two go have fun. If you touch one hair on her head, I will kill all of you! Nora, I'm being carried! <laughs> oh. She'll be okay. You off duty? This isn't a cab. Are you off duty? It's not a cab, my friend, I promise you. Yeah. Oh. I'm not a cab. I'm not a cab. I love you so much, it's retarded. Mm. Oh. <gasps> okay, last stop. What do I owe you? 850. Charge a little extra for the cleanup. We huh. <laughs> sort of lost a girl. What? 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 Jesus! He's much taller in person. He's hung up on Tris. Let's just say we're not the biggest fans of his ex, and we think you're the one. You dance? You know the blow dryer? Laura, come on. Hey, what's wrong? This doesn't concern you. Push me again. Oh, and what? That's it! Awesome. Awesome night. Infinite Playlist. For this episode, I was struggling to figure out what movie to cover, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I really didn't, because I have plans. If you uh, follow the Patreon, then you know about those plans. If you don't follow the Patreon, maybe follow the Patreon to get that bi-weekly update where I'll fill you in on what's to come. But you all know who I am, so you might know if you follow Twitter and Instagram what's coming for the show very soon. But I was on Instagram, and I saw a comment where somebody asked their Instagram followers, is that a turkey sandwich? Um, hi, I'm Caroline. 
What's your name? You know what? That's okay. You don't have to tell me. It's been like one of those nights, you know? I was with my friend Nora, who you don't know, but you really like her because everybody likes Nora. And she left me tonight, which is, she never does that. And then I was kidnapped. And then she, usually when I go home with her, she, she makes me a turkey sandwich when I get home, but I might never get home, you know? What is this from? And instantly I message this person. I'm like, holy shit, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And they're like, good call. I love that movie. And I'm like, I love that movie too. And we started talking about it. That just gave me the idea to, before we start what we're going to start, maybe I'll let you know about at the end of the show. I'm going to do a movie that I love. A movie that I think should have got way more love than it did. People lump it up there with... A certain other movie that I love and a certain character because of this actor playing the same part over and over again, which sometimes he does. I, I get there's a few movies and I'll go through them. This movie stands out for me very much like another movie I love from his. And so I'll stop being vague and let's get into Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. It came out on October 3rd of 2008. I believe I saw this movie in theater. I don't know who I saw it with. I don't know if it was a date movie or I went by myself, but I definitely saw this movie in a theater and came out very happy and also totally into like indie and underground rock. This is what got me into Vampire Weekend. This got me into all sorts of indie rock bands. I'm very thankful for it. I think I was into it beforehand just a little bit. I like had dipped my toe into that style of music. But this movie exploded me with a love for that type of music. And it's been one of my favorite genres to listen to for years. 12 years now because this movie came out in October and this movie just it blew me away like it was the romantic comedy that back then in 2008 I was still struggling with being who I was being gay back then I am now pansexual back then it was being gay or bi and also struggling with what I liked and what I wanted to like and then struggling with just who I was as a person, how I felt about the world around me, what I could say and couldn't say. And this movie, it helped me understand myself as well. I wasn't a fan of romantic comedies. Let's just put it at that. I'm still not a huge fan, but there are certain ones that stand out for me that I will I will enjoy and there's also ones that I used to hate now I come to love because I watched them again and realized it's a, just a fantastic movie. One movie I will definitely can say is Four Weddings and a Funeral. Also, I have a huge crush on Hugh Grant because he's a handsome gentleman. Back in 2008, I was a completely different person than I was now. I would say I was a worse person than I am now. I'm not great, but I'm better and I'm working on it every damn day. But back then, I couldn't say I was like romantic comedies. It just wasn't, it wasn't cool enough, I guess. And then this movie hit me and I'm like, holy shit, this movie's fucking amazing. It just felt like something had changed. I always say that this is one of those romantic comedies that is different, even though it feels a lot like other ones. It's not like the YA, uh, it is based off a book, 
but it's not like one of the YA films that we see nowadays. It's, I don't know, it just seems like seems like a step above some of the romantic teen comedies that we got. It also has one of my favorite subgenres, which is the all-in-one night movie. I love, 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 and I've probably said it multiple times on this show, the all-in-one night movies. I don't know why. They, they get me in the feels. They get me in everything I need. I just, I really love them because I love, I used to have those. I have those crazy all-in-one nights where literally you could make a movie out of it. I have so many stories that maybe one day I'll do on the Patreon about my friends and I having this crazy all-in-one night movie. All-in-one night night, not movie, because I don't make movies. That'd be cool if I did, though. So on a budget of $10 million, this movie grossed about $33 million, which I think is pretty fucking good for a romantic comedy. A teen romantic comedy in... 2008, led by Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings. That's, for me, that's damn good budget. And it's got a cult. It's got a huge, this movie has a huge cult following. And also because it was made with love and care, I believe, for the book and for the film. Directed by Peter Solette. He directed uh, Raising Victor Vargas and Free Held, which is the queer drama starring Julianne Moore and Ellen Page, which I have not seen, but I, I do want to see. I know it's I know it's not the greatest movie in the world. I still want to see it anyway. And it was written by Lorene Scafaria. And if you know that name, good for you. If you don't know the name, she is the writer and director of Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. She's also the writer and director of the box office smash Hustlers starring Jennifer Lopez, which I still need to see. And I promise I will. I will see that soon. I promise I will see that soon. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I have the Showtime app. I just I don't know why I just haven't been in the mood, but I really want to watch it. I've heard it's very, very good. And I'm really excited to see it. So I will get around to that. I promise I will knock that off my uh, watch list. And I feel like she's such a talented writer. This was my first experience with her. With her. Uh, she wrote the screenplay. She's just such a talented writer that it comes through. The film is not stupid. It's smart. It plays with its characters well. You get to know, I mean, not all the characters, but the main ones, you get to know enough about them that you do care about them. Film stars Michael Sarah, Kat Dennings, Aaron Yo, Rafi Gavron, Ari Gaynor, Alexis, Den- it's like Denizia, Jonathan B. Wright, Zachary Booth, and Jay Bruchel. You you know Jay Bruchel from This Is The End, She's Out of My League, uh, Knocked Up. He's one of Jason Siegel and Seth Rogen's buddies. Also, I think he's a friend of Michael Sarah's. That's how he's in this movie. You know him. He's a tall, skinny dude that's in all of like Seth Rogen and Jason Siegel's comedies. He's also the voice of Hiccup in um, How to Train Your Dragon. So there's that. You'd know him if you saw his face. He's a good character actor, a good comedian. And I believe he just made his direct directorial debut this year in a horror movie. So that's interesting. But also the film has cameos from the authors of the book. Rachel Cohn and David Leviathan are in cameos in this. Lorene Scafaria has a cameo herself. She's in a scene with uh, Seth Meyers and Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah, where there's a cab. Uh, not a cab. Michael Sierra drives a Yugo and they think it's a cab. And it's just basically, it's just a hilariously awkward scene with uh, Seth Myers and Lorene Scafaria making out in a Yugo with, with Michael Sierra and Kat Dennings. So are you from Englewood? Mm-hmm. Yep. Englewood, up to no good. I'm from uh, Hoboken. Hoboken, no joking. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you. I love you? I love you so much, it's retarded. Mm. So are you going off to college? 
Um, it smells so good. I don't know. I got into brown. Into brown. Oh, you smell like soap. But I have this job lined up here. Which is, uh, I really don't know, and I have to make up my mind fast. Is it only holding my spot at brown until tomorrow? I'm going to Berkeley School of Music. Oh yeah. Boston. That's awesome. If you went to Brown, you'd only be an hour away. Yeah. Also, Andy Samberg has a cameo in this, really odd cameo. It's perfect for Andy Samberg. Eddie Kane Thomas has a cameo as a Jesus at a gay cabaret. He doesn't say anything. He just shows up. It's like Eddie Kane Thomas. Okay, we're just going to put Eddie Kane Thomas in this movie. John Cho has a cameo as a hype man for one of the bands. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Corrigan, who you know from like Goodfellas and many different gangster movies and just action movies in general has a cameo as well the talent behind this movie it's up there it's got some great cameos and they're just hilarious it felt i felt like everybody was just friends and they just wanted to be in this movie like maybe lorraine scafaria knew a bunch of people and just like come in be in the movie we're gonna have some fun and it, it it's a lot of fun Mentioning the music, Vampire Weekend's on the soundtrack, We Are Scientists, Shouts Out Loud, and Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo does a score for this film. You can tell he, he's been a man who's done film scores and TV scores very much. It's got that vibe, his type of vibe before. I've heard his music outside of Devo. I love Devo, by the way. It definitely has his vibe to it. He puts his name on it, kind of like Danny Elfman, where it's different. But you know, if you heard it, you know exactly who it is. So talking about all the talent, I haven't even told you about this fucking movie. <laughs> all right. So as I said, based off a book by Rachel Cohn and David Leviathan, this movie is about Nick. Nick is going through a breakup with Tris, who was played by Alexis Denantia, I think, or Denantia. Anyway, she broke his heart. They were dating for six months. So his bandmates, who were the jerk offs, they he's in a band with two gay guys, which is hilarious to me. And they are so queer positive. It's it's fantastic. They come to his house. He's trying to get over his girlfriend, but he's so obsessed with her. And she broke his heart. And you find out later she cheated on him multiple times. So they're trying to get him out of the house. And they're like, he won't get out of the house. They have a gig. And they hear over the radio that the famous, infamous underground band, Where's Fluffy, is going to be playing tonight. So they decide they're going to play their gig. And then they're going to go around the city, New York City, to find Where's Fluffy. In comes Kat Dennings and Arya Gaynor's characters, who are Nora and Caroline. Caroline and Nora are best friends, and they're also friends with Triss. And Caroline hears about where's Fluffy, and they're going to go into the city, and they're also trying to figure out college, like Nora's trying to figure out her college. She has a, a job lined up, but she's not sure if she wants to do that job or go to college. Triss is just broken up with Michael Sarah's character, Nick, and she just wants to go to the city and have fun. There's a tension between Nora and Caroline. Like, Nora is a cool hippie girl who happens to have a famous father, and Triss is the pretty one who has to work hard. You can tell that they really don't like each other, even though they've been friends for years. It's that kind of tension. So they all go to Nick and his bandmates, uh, Aaron Yo and Rafi, or Tom and Dev. Their band, The Jerk Offs, play. Trish shows up there, Caroline's there, and they all kind of kind of commingle. And all of a sudden, Caroline gets really drunk. 
Nora tells Tris that she's dating Nick now and Nick has to play like this fake boyfriend for five minutes and that all starts this chaotic night where Caroline goes missing and they're trying to find where Fluffy and all this craziness happens and looking for Caroline and also trying to find where this underground band is playing. And from there, it just evolves into absolute craziness and it's hilarious. It's super cute, emotional at times, and it feels genuine. That's the number one thing I got out of this recent watch because I've seen the movie multiple times, of course, because as I stated, I love this movie a lot. This film feels genuine. Like a lot of romantic comedies to me feel fake, like they're pushing two characters together and their chemistry is not there. And the characters wouldn't actually be together in real life. They probably hate each other. That doesn't happen in this movie. This movie, all the characters feel genuine. They feel real. And they feel like they all actually, this would happen. This feels like a group of my friends, honestly. It really does. It feels like me and a group of my friends. And that's why I think it hits me so hard is because it feels normal. Like it feels like I'm just watching something. There's a few things that happen that are a little over the top, but it doesn't take you out of the movie. And I will definitely mention one of them, though. That's absolutely hilarious and gross. It just all makes you feel good. And it feel, makes you feel at times it makes you feel angry. Some of the characters piss you off, especially Jay Bruchelle's character, Tal. He's an asshole. Triss is an asshole. They both get what's coming to him in the end. It's not like vengeful or anything like that. It's just they're both users. They use people. They're basically using Nick and Nora for some reason. Like Triss is using Nick because he's weak and he's obsessed with her and he needs her when Nick needs to be stronger than that. I realize that there's somebody out him out there for him that's better, Nora. Norka's using people because she doesn't know what she wants to do yet, and she's smart, and she can get into anywhere, any of the nightclubs, because her father is a huge record exec. Spoiler, I, I know. I'm going to tell you all about the movie, so if you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it before uh, you go any farther into the episode. Her father is a huge music exec who is the owner of Electric Lady Studios, where, I mean, Stones, Beatles, David Bowie, Hendrix all recorded there, and you get to to see part of the studio near the end of the film. Nick is just dumbfounded about it. So she's not sure what to do right now. And she's kind of using Tal because he was a dude that gave her attention when she needed it. And you sometimes find out that that person in your life who you're giving all this attention to and is there for you isn't as great as they you think they are. They could be possibly just eventually finding out they're just using you because you're there and you have something they need, but they really don't care about you. They make, maybe make you feel good in the moment, but overall, they don't make you feel really good. And that's a lot of this film. And I know it's a little deep for a romantic comedy about teens and movies and music and drinking. It's there. It's all there. Just, just see what it. What are you talking about? Right now, Nora. No, Tris. Tris. You just haven't figured it out yet, have you? What? It, you know? It. The big picture. Guess not. The Beatles. What about them? This. Look, other bands, they want to make it about sex or pain, but you know, the Beatles, they had it all figured out, okay? I want to hold your hand. It's the first single. It's effing brilliant, right? The guy actually cried. I mean, I made guys cry before, but I really broke him. 
And you know, I'm saying this for the both of you. I mean, I don't want to see you get hurt, but I don't want to see him get any more hurt either, you know? What do you mean? Word on the street is you never had an orgasm. Because that's what everybody wants, Nikki. They don't want a 24-hour hump sesh. They don't want to be, be, be married to you for 100 years. They just want to hold your hand. Mentioning the queer characters, Nick's bandmates, Tom and Dev, are queer, and it's fantastic. They are so cute, so adorable. They are great. Their chemistry is really well. I love their characters. They're excellent queer positive characters and i don't know why we don't talk about them more tom and dev we do not talk about when you hear about great queer characters in films especially positive ones even though they're the main stars they're still they still get enough screen time they're really really cool and then they meet his name is beefy guy or his real name is lothario but you don't hear that until the end of the movie he's played by jonathan b wright and he is adorable he is my type of dude Oh my god, he's so cute and my type of dude. He's just a little crazy and I fucking love it. Like when they meet him, it's excellent. I think they they meet him at the jerk off show and then he just he just hangs out with Tom and Dev for the rest of the night trying to find Fluffy and trying to get Caroline to where she needs to go, which is home, but that never happens. And Caroline goes on her own adventure cuz she's very she's a bit crazy when she's drunk and she likes to throw up in different places and she needs turkey sandwiches and she really needs Nora. Nora is like the best friend to her. She is the white girl wasted hot mess that you all hear about. And it's adorable, too, because she's she's so cute and so funny. But at times it's annoying because she's like, girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? There is a running joke with gum in this movie. Apparently, I don't know what is it. her crutch is that she always has to have her gum. It's like her safety net is she's chewing gum. And this one piece of gum goes from like her. No, she actually takes it from a guy at the first show. She takes it from a guy. She's chewing it. And then she pukes in a subway or a train station bathroom. It falls in the puke. She goes in to grab it and puts it back in her mouth, which is absolutely could not happen anytime today because that's that couldn't happen at any time because it's just so nasty. Oh my God. She hands it off to different people and gets it back. Eventually, Nora gets it and chews it. And then she gives it to Nick and he chews it. So this gum travels all throughout this story. It's like the gum has its own subplot. In this movie. And it's crazy. And it's ridiculous. And it's gross. But at times it's funny. And at times it's really nasty. Like I totally forgot about the gum subplot. And I'm just like oh god. Especially when uh, when she throws up. And her she has to go get her phone. And she gets her gum. And this movie would have been over. Like half an hour in. If they hadn't left the train station. Because seconds after leave train station. She walks out of the women's bathroom. They're looking for Caroline. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And when also during this scene, there's a whole speech about a turkey sandwich with Kevin Corrigan's character. Kevin Corrigan's character doesn't say a word in this film. He's just a worker and he's taking his lunch. He basically says yes. I think that's the only thing he says when she asks him about the turkey sandwich. But this whole speech about the turkey sandwich was improv by Aria Gaynor. And it's it's one of the highlights of the movie. You always remember is that a turkey sandwich? That's one of the number one lines you'll always remember from this movie is, is that a turkey sandwich? Well, the cast did tons of rehearsals, including on-set rehearsals, and Kat Dennings described it as the most practice she ever she ever had. And it shows because all 
the actors together, when they're interacting in anything else, it just feels normal. And it feels like they were, they did it so much that it just came normally to them when they had to put it on screen. And I love that. I want more films to feel like the actors are naturally those characters and getting into those characters and their chemistry is natural. Especially like when Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah together, they they pop very well. They're a good couple and they just feel like if they were a real couple, you'd want to be, you'd want to be that relationship. And I love it. it it's so adorable. I just absolutely love this movie. It's hilarious. Oh, one thing I did, I wanted to mention, I did mention the Yugo. I found out doing my research is that I don't know if it's the same exact car. This is the Yugo that John McClane steals in Die Hard with a Vengeance. So same type of Yugo. It's a yellow Yugo. Remember, if you remember, uh, he goes, what kind of engine does this piece of shit have? It's, and Samuel Jackson goes, it's for economy, not speed. Something like that. That's something I thought was really cool. And especially since both films take place in New York City, I thought that was pretty awesome. Honestly, it's one of my favorite movies. Just if I had to put it on my list, it's definitely in my top 100. It'd probably, make, it'd probably be 75 to 100, but it's still there. And I will preach to anyone about it if you want an, a good romantic comedy and you don't want like it's got normal tropes, but then I think it rises above them. Definitely. This is a fun movie. And if you love music, it's got so much good music. It will make you want to go out and have a good time, especially in New York City, because New York City is absolutely awesome in this film. And I miss New York City. I want to go when this pandemic's over. I want to go walking in New York City and go to a few bars and just have a good time. So don't forget, you know where to find me. I'm Johnny Freak. That's P-H-R-E-A-K. Johnny has one H and two N's. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Search the show. If you're looking for the show, look up a uh, look on Instagram and Twitter at I Love Movies. You should too. You can find us there. I'm always posting about movies in general. I'll give you an update when episodes drop. I'll give you an update when Patreon episodes drop. If you really love the show, please, your gratitude would be greatly appreciated to keep the show going. If you're listening on Anchor, our home space, thank you. We love you, Anchor. Thank you so much. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow, and thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a follow. Thank you so much, and give us a five-star rating and review. I'd love to read some of the reviews on Patreon. I'd also love to shout anybody out on the main show if you leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think about the show, good or bad. It's good. And if you give us a five-star rating, we will move up. And I'll be able to do more for you and more for the show. Because guess what, y'all? I told you I was going to let you know. Starting maybe two weeks, well, it'll be the next main episode after this one airs. Spooky season will have begun. I'm going to start the last two weeks in September. You're going to get two non conventional horror movies and one of them it's going to have a guest a guest i am very very excited to have on the show those are coming look for those and then october we're doing spooky month horror movies all day all the time yeah covering all the rest of the horror movies well not all the rest but we're covering horror movies all month i haven't figured out which ones i'm covering yet because i know they're ones i want to save for certain guests but i'm gonna be covering some old ones and maybe covering a new one i do have an idea about something i want to cover just be on the lookout for that and remember i'm evan i love movies you should too. I'll see you soon. <laughs>